Hey, if you, uh, if you would, grab your study guide and uh, grab a pen and a place to jot some notes down. And let's get started. Today we continue our series, as Mickey said earlier, uh, we're, we're developing the thought, things I should say often to blank. Now the first week we filled in the blank with kids, the second week we filled in the blank with young adults. Today we fill in the blank with friends. There's a couple of things you need to understand about this. As with children, with young adults, when we come to teens and spouses, we're talking about things that are repetitive. You're talking about these things, these specific words. I love you. I'm always here for you. As Van was talking last week, for the kids, it's different than with the young adults. With kids, I'm here with you physically all the time. I'm watching over you. With young adults, it's more from a distance. I'm here for you anytime you need me. But these are things we're saying to individuals on a regular basis, saying exact words most of the time. But when we come to today's topic, it's going to be a little bit different in that we're talking about thoughts. We're talking about uh, concepts. We're not talking about specific words. Certainly there are specific words you talk to your friends and use on a regular basis. You may tell your friends you love them. You may not, but if you do, then you probably do that on a regular basis. But today we're going to be looking more in generalities. These are some thoughts, some concepts that you want to instill on a continual, on a regular basis with your friends. I, uh, I want you to participate with me now in, in, a, in an exercise. Now, three or four weeks ago I asked you to do this and I, I told you this isn't the regular kind of exercise. We're not going to have you get up and run around the building or do jumping jacks or push-ups or anything like that. I have no doubt that you would excel in that, but we're not going to ask you to do that. What I want you to do is, is entertain an exercise of the mind this morning. And the exercise is just simply to think for a second. And I want you to give me the very first thought that comes into your mind. Now, I'm not going to ask you to say it out loud. I'm not going to ask you to tell your neighbor. But just for your purposes, think of the very first thought that comes into your mind when I tell you this. God has commanded you to be a witness, and tomorrow you should witness to your friends. What's the first thought that comes into your mind? Now, I can imagine for some, you're just going to be blunt and honest, and your, your first thought was, I'm not doing that. And I appreciate your honesty. You'll be comforted to know that today is not about slamming you. It's not about... Getting in your face and telling you what you're doing wrong. Now, my prayer is that by the time we finish, you're going to see that this is something you can do. That this is something that you are commanded to do and you can do. And therefore, I'm praying that you'll want to do. Um, but it's not about getting in your face today. So you can kind of rest easy. Others may have said, well, first thing that came into my mind when you said that was, I don't know how. I don't know how to do it. I mean, I, I just wouldn't know what to say. My prayer for you is that by the time we finish our discussion, 20 minutes or so from now, that you're going to come out on the other side and you're going to say to yourself, you know what, I can do that. I can do that. You see, there are several different ways to be a witness. There's the very blunt, direct approach, and sometimes that's very much needed. But then there's also a softer approach, which we're going to deal with today. 
Because I, I, I say that because I think that there's one more group of people. And maybe there are several, but I think there's one that, that probably bunches most of us into the same category. And that is the first thing that came to our mind when we heard, you need to do this tomorrow, is fear. Oh my goodness. I'm scared of that. I think that would classify a lot of us. That we just, whether it's because we wouldn't know what to say, we're afraid we'd get asked a question we wouldn't know how to respond to, or, or we don't know how they're going to respond. When we say something to them about it, we don't know what they're going to do. They're going to lash out, or they're going to try to embarrass us. We just don't know, and therefore there's, there's a fear inside of us. My prayer for us today is if, if we fall into that category, that by the time we're finished is that you see there is absolutely nothing to fear in this. That I'm going to share with you an approach to sharing your faith, to sharing your story, that is going to take the complication out of it, that is going to take the fear out of it. I know there will be some intimidation initially. Once you get into it, it won't be a big deal. But I want to share with you a way that by the time we're done, you're going to say, you know what? There really is no need for me to be afraid in doing it that way. That's easy. I can do that. So that tomorrow we're able to begin this process. And I say process because it certainly is a process. You may be one of the, the very blessed ones and you start into this process and you're going to share a little bit of your story here, a little bit of your story there. And for some reason God just breaks the door wide open and you're able to walk through the whole process and it's exciting. You get to lead someone to Christ tomorrow. But for most of us, it's going to be a process of time by which we share a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. And over time, God, through His Holy Spirit, begins to work in their heart to draw them to Jesus Christ. Please understand, that's the answer. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. We are not the people who draw them to salvation. But in the process of the Holy Spirit drawing them to God... He allows us to be used. He allows us to do certain things, say certain things that embed faith into their lives that the Spirit of God then uses to draw them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we get the blessing of being part of that process. And so what would we say, what would we do to be part of the process? If you got your study guide, get ready to write. There are three things, three categories of thought that I want you to begin to think about, to begin to process, how can I insert these? And it begins with this. Number one, you need to tell about your past life. You need to tell about your past life. That's number one on your study guide. If you want to write that in, tell about your past life. Now, I think there's something that needs to be said initially in order to clear the air. When we talk about telling about your past life, we're not talking about glorifying your past life. Just for transparency's sake, I think there have been times in my past when I've talked about my past. I've talked about how ugly it was, how horrible it was, but in a way that, that was glorifying what I used to do. Glorifying that which had brought me to such a desperate place of suicide. Glorifying that which brought me to such an emptiness in life. And now I stop and I think, why in the world would I ever want to glorify that? Why would I ever want someone to look at that and think that was something to be desired? Why would I ever want that? Because I know exactly where it takes them. 
Why would I ever want to glorify such a thing? And the answer is, I don't want to. I don't want to. I never want to say anything that would make someone think that that life was something to be desired. But what I do want to do is talk enough about my past life in order to make a connection. Did you know that what you're dealing with in life, what you dealt with before salvation, is the same thing people that you talk to are dealing with? You never know the very things that you went through in becoming a child of God, the very things that God used to grab your heart and grab your attention and draw you to Him is the very thing that, that someone in your family or someone at work or someone at school is also dealing with. And when you begin this process of just giving little bits of your story, God may use it to make a connection. Let me give you an example. My situation is, as I look back over my past life, here's something I would want to share. Maybe we're sitting at the table with a couple of friends, and someone says something about fear. It has really doesn't matter if it's applicable to my story or not. It doesn't matter if it, if it contains the exact wording, but it's just a little bit of a crack that I can use to say something like, fear, man, I know all about that. <laughs> I tell you what. Before I came to Christ, I was so afraid. I was afraid to go to sleep at night. I was afraid I would die in my sleep and wake up in hell. I was petrified. I don't know if that relates to you, but I can tell you, I understand what you talk about when you say fear. And you just insert a little bit of your story. A little bit of your story. Now, it may be that you have an opportunity to continue that discussion at that point, or it may be that the door then closes Someone else says something, that opportunity is no longer there, and you leave it sitting there. Be very sensitive to what God is leading you to do. When we were going through the, the faith program of, of, of leading people to Christ, we were taught to listen with spiritual ears and to look with spiritual eyes. Look for the opportunities. Listen for someone to say something that gives us the opportunity to share our story. And then insert story as you're able. When that door closes, be sensitive to it. Stop. God knows what they need to hear when they need to hear it. Give him an opportunity to lead us through that process. And so I share. What I'm looking for is for this individual or whoever happens to be there with me, if it's a group of people, for there to be a connection made with someone. Someone to hear me say, I was so afraid, and it makes a connection. That's me. That's me. They may never say it out loud, especially if there's other people there. You may never know that they're the one that made the connection was made, and yet they're sitting there thinking, wow. And we want to bring them to this place, that point of connection, so that the next thought in their mind is, you said used to be. That means you're no longer afraid. So then what's happened to change that? Because I can tell you for a certainty, if someone's living in fear, they want out of it. If someone's empty in their life, someone's hollow and they feel like there's no satisfaction in their life, they're looking for it. And if you tell them, this is what I used to be, and now something's happened, they want to know, what is it that happened? What changed in you that made it to where you're no longer afraid or that now you have a life that's satisfied? Where's the difference? And so what we want to do is begin to breed 
curiosity. Little bit of thought that says, I need to find out more about this. So then we share our past life with them. The second thing, once you share your past life, then you also ought to, to come into where you talk about your present faith. So I want to I tell them about my present faith. I, I want to use a sentence that's similar to this. I also borrowed this from the faith way of doing it. And it's this sentence that says, Then I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. I used to be so afraid that I, I couldn't go to sleep at night. I was afraid I'd die in my sleep and go to hell. And that curiosity in their minds of saying, what changed? And then I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. At that point, then, I want to take it a little further because... They're getting really curious. They want to know what's going on. And so I begin to tell them what has changed in my life. What's the difference? I used to be so afraid. I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. I don't have those fears anymore. I used to be so empty. I looked for a way to find satisfaction in my life and everything you can imagine just about. And then I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. And now I have that satisfaction. Now I have that fulfillment. That emptiness that used to control me, used to guide my thoughts, guide my actions, it's not there anymore. It's amazing the difference. I want to tell them about the change that God has made in my life. I want to tell them about the change in my relationships. Now, we weren't married at the point of my, we were getting ready to be married at the point of my salvation, but, but we weren't yet, and so this doesn't really apply to me. But maybe the person you're talking to has gone through a situation where because they're trying to fill that emptiness with all these different things that are going on in life, they've, they've ruined and destroyed the relationships. Maybe with their spouse, maybe with their children, maybe with their parents. They've ruined that relationship. And they need some assurance. They need some hope that something can happen that can begin the restoration process. Not that immediately everything's going to be fixed, everything's going to be cured. But there is hope for restoration. There is hope. And so we tell them what God has done in our lives. I used to be so afraid. Couldn't go to sleep at night. Then I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. And i got to tell you what, I don't have that fear anymore. The things that used to complicate my relationships have been taken away. God has given me a new lease on life that you would not believe. Now why is it that you could say something like that, that there wouldn't be a lot of fear associated with doing it? It's because I'm not confronting you. I'm not getting in your face and telling you what you should be or shouldn't be doing. I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing out your sin or your fault. I'm just simply telling you about my story. And did you know that, let's say 96, 97% of people will respond in one of two ways. Either they'll make a connection and they'll want to know more about your story. Or they'll say, well, that's just Tom. He's, he's one of those Christians. Just let him talk. Now, it is possible that the person you're talking to will fall into that final category. They're going to get angry. It really doesn't matter what you say. They're going to get angry. And so, 
when that happens, then we have to understand that pride can be our very worst enemy in witnessing. If I allow my pride to control my witness, if I allow my pride, them jump into arms and get mad about, about what I've said, even though it had nothing to do with them, and I respond the way I, I want to respond most of the time, and that is by blowing up my pride and not allowing them to talk to me that way, I may win that argument, but I may very well lose that soul. I got to remember to check my pride at the door. And so a really good response to that is say, listen, hey, man, I'm just talking about myself here. I didn't mean to offend you. If, if it does offend you, for now, I'll just, I'll just drop it. The seed of faith that you've already planted is what the Spirit of God will begin to work in. And He will begin to use to draw them to Jesus Christ. What we have to do is be sensitive. God, what do you want to do? We have to be humble. We have to check our pride. And we have to allow God to do the work. After all, it's not me who saves anyone. It's not you who can save anyone. We've not been given the authority. We don't have that power. We don't have that right. We don't have that freedom. Salvation is only of Jesus Christ. And so we allow God to do the work in their lives. We just be the humble servant that delivers the message. And so I think when we look at just sharing our story, just telling a little bit about ourselves, whether it be bunched up together or we share a little bit here and later we share a little bit more and then later a little bit more, regardless, we just share our story. And therefore, there's no real reason to be intimidated. We're just talking about what God did for us. There's one final category that I would throw into the mix here, and that uh, I think it's important because some people are going to relate to this even more than they re relate to the other two. And that is, once you've talked about your past life, you've talked about your present faith, then number three, you want to talk about your future glories. Future glories. Future glories. What do I mean by that? I mean that that now I have a hope that I didn't have before. I have a hope that God is, has allowed His Son to prepare a place for me in heaven. I wasn't promised that. Now in my situation, my story has already introduced the concept of death. It's already introduced the concept of eternal life because I said I was afraid to go to sleep at night, prayed that I would die in my sleep and wake up in hell. I've already introduced the topic. So now I come back to that. Maybe there's some fear being introduced into their life as a result of that, and they want to know more of this life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I begin to tell them, you know what? I, I don't have to be afraid to die anymore because I know at the moment I do, I'm going to be with the Lord forever. And I'm going to a place where there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death. Doesn't get much better than that. But if it was going to be better, there's one more area I could tell you about, and that is the hope of reunion. You know, someday, someday, I'm going to get to see my dad again can't wait for that maybe the person you're talking to has experienced loss maybe that's what makes the connection maybe they're scared of dying 
A lot of people are. Maybe that's what makes the connection. Maybe that's that very thing that causes the curiosity to well up inside of them. Maybe it's the very thing that causes them to think, you know what? I need to know more about this. And here are some of your minds turning. So then what? I mean, then they're going to ask me, right? Maybe there's a potential they're going to want to know more, and I don't know what to tell them from there. Okay, so here's where we assume some personal responsibility. I believe that it's our personal responsibility to be prepared. The verse, 1 Peter 3, 15 says, Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Always be ready. Always be ready. So there's a personal responsibility that I learn the Word of God and I know then what to tell someone. If you want just a general rule of thumbs, let me give you one. You can write this down if you'd like. But they, they need to know they're a sinner. They've rebelled against God. They've broken God's commandments. They need to know that there was no way for them to get to heaven on their own. They couldn't settle the issue of them breaking God's commandments. And they need to know that Jesus died to do that for them. That with his death, God pronounced his, his approval upon his death by raising him back to life three days later. And they need to know if they'll ask God to forgive their sin and Jesus to be their Lord. That God will forgive them and that Jesus will save them and that there will be a notable difference in their life from that point forward. So I'll tell them about my past life. Tell them about my present faith and the change that it's made in my life. I tell them about the future glories and I prepare myself to share Jesus Christ with them following that you say, but what if they ask me a question I don't know? And that's something that scares me. They, they may ask me a question I don't know how to answer. Let me tell you the best, simplest, without fear way of, a, of responding to that. You know what? That's a wonderful question, but I don't know the answer to it. Would you allow me to do some research and to ask some people and get the answer and come back and tell you later? Most people are going to say, yeah, okay. So what's just happened? You've, first of all, most likely you've blown their mind. Because in America, we know everything. Even when we know nothing, we know everything. And we want you to know we know everything about the subject. It doesn't matter how ignorant we sound when we say it. We want you to know we know everything. But instead, what you're doing is you're saying, I don't, I don't know. There's a humility that's introduced that is very appealing. And so we introduce the humility. I don't know, but I'll find out. But you've also then asked for permission to come back at a later time and talk to them about Jesus. You've just been granted the opportunity to have another discussion about Jesus with them. Isn't that incredible? And so later you come back and say, you know what I talked to? I talked to my Sunday school teacher, my Bible study leader, my small group leader, my pastor, or, or, or whoever. 
And I did some looking on, online, and I found some information about what you asked me. And let me share that with you. Would that be okay? Most people, they've already given you permission, but they're going to give you it again. Okay, yeah, what'd you find out? And you get the opportunity to lay it out for them. You know what? Witnessing doesn't have to be a terrifying experience. Certainly this is just one way to share your faith. But I think it's a very good way. We have a, uh, a notable outline of how this is to occur in Mark chapter 5 verse 19. When Jesus is talking, he said to them, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. Go home. Tell your friends your story. So then one final question. Commandments clear. Doesn't have to be a terrifying experience. Will you begin this process tomorrow? Father, I pray for courage. For someone beginning this process for the first time, there may be some awkwardness. There may be some intimidation. But I pray that you'll help us to understand that what you've done for us is exactly what you want to do for others. The way you've changed our lives, the, the way you've brought us out of fear, out of out of out of a, a life that has complete emptiness and filled us with joy and happiness and satisfaction is something for which others are searching. They may not know they're looking for it. They're just looking for something. And then we get the opportunity to connect. I pray that you'll, you'll give us the courage to start that process. Whether it's in small chunks or or all together, however the opportunity presents itself, that you will give us wisdom and you will give us guidance. And Father, that we'll be aware of your direction. That we'll pay attention to what's said so that we know when the opportunity is there and when the opportunity closes. And I pray as a result of our obedience that you will bring people to your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that as a result of that, that we will be encouraged to do this more. And Father, as we do it more, that you will be more and more glorified. And the name of Jesus will be more and more raised high and exalted in our nation. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.